0: While you are there, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at Shalom Klein. It's going to be a jam-packed week of content and information you won't want to miss. Let's jump right in. I'm excited to bring in our first guest, Randy Herbertson, who is a the principal at The Visual Brand, um, which is an entrepreneurial agency of accomplished creative and strategic professionals created to collaborate with clients, to develop breakthrough ideas, and meaningfully... Move business forward. Randy is a branding veteran um, who has worked with large and emerging clients, and I'm excited to bring his expertise here on Get Down to Business. Randy, welcome to the program.
3: Great to be here, Sloan. Well. Thank you. Absolutely.
0: So let's talk about your background um, that led to that uh, very, very impressive uh, bio and resume over here. How did you discover marketing, branding, and specifically visual branding?
3: Uh, so I guess the way the best way to describe this is I'm very much a right brain and a left brain individual. Uh, I got my degrees in school in business and graphic design. So uh, bringing together, of course, the visual and the strategic was sort of where I started. And in my whole career, frankly, working on the client side, the agency side, the media side, has always been around developing something new, new products and services. And over the years, particularly in the last 15 where I've had my own firm, we sort of developed a thought where and how to do that in a really simple and usable way, which really grew out of my years as a brand manager of doing it in an unsimple and not usable way. <laughs> so
0: I have to ask what is the unique uh, value proposition of uh, the visual brand? What are you doing different that other agencies and firms are not?
3: So a couple of things. So we, we are a small agency, we're about 20 people, uh, but we do have a very high level practice in both the strategic end and the creative end. And those two things really work hand in hand. It's sort of typical, even innovation firms that you do one or the other. You know, you, there are world-class people who are world-class innovation designers, and there are world-class strategic people. And we try to bring those two pieces together. That's the first thing. The second thing is really, like I said up front, is creating a way of doing that. That's simple, iterative, and very, very usable. So literally what we're creating is, uh, as we say, a guidebook or a roadmap for a client to continue to use, whether it's with us or somebody else. That isn't overly complicated, but it's very strategically founded, and that you can actually see where everything came from. So they always say, so how did you end up with that brand personality? You can see where it came from. How did you end up designing the logo that way? You can see kind of where the roots are. So that's sort of the key. And like I said, we do it a lot of times for emerging companies. We love working with emerging and small businesses who don't really think about that. They usually do one thing really, really well, and the other pieces aren't there. And then with big companies, we're working usually either with their innovation teams, if they have one, or the marketing teams with innovation, you know, part of their practice.
0: So perfect segue to my next question. you talked about larger and emerging companies is visual branding and, and call it branding and marketing in general, is it a one size fits all approach? Meaning can, or do the same principles and your advice that you might recommend to a, uh, to a uh, company that might rhyme with Google, um, apply to, uh, to a, to a small business that might be tuning in.
3: The difference is there are many things that are absolutely the same, you know, for sure. And the difference is really is what's the capability, uh, what, are the, what, are, what are the resources, frankly? So for a big company, they will be saying, hey, we actually sometimes can't do this because we have too much scale to move and we can't get that done. Or they can also say, wow, we can accomplish that and do that exactly the way we want to because we have the resources. For small business, a lot of times, it's you have to make those choices. You don't have to prioritize. So what can we afford? What can we get done? And what can we do first? And so really my advice to both is, Don't try to do it in a big way right away. (laughs) You know, definitely pilot and evolve and grow. That's the best way to do that. And even for a big firm, but for small firms particularly, is really prioritize. So what are the things you can't live without that you absolutely need to do? And then what are the things that you can do next, right? Not never, but next. Because a lot of times they say, I want to do it all right now. And, you know, that's when you try to do it all right now, like anything, that you don't do anything well. So if there's one
0: takeaway that you want a, an entrepreneur to walk away from this conversation that they can put into practice this week and the week ahead, what would that be?
3: Prioritize, prioritize. Really understand, number one, what is the most important thing that you've got going that you feel strongest, most strongly about, okay? And then really make that your priority. And then around that, build out Then how do I use that to make money, basically? <laughs>
0: So, at the visual brand, and as you said, um, you know, a, a relatively small team of about twenty people. Again, I'm chatting with Randy Herbertson, um, the uh, the principal uh, of the uh, of the agency. So, what is that? Uh, what What are some of the uh, successes, the things that you can point to uh, that that you sort of maybe shocked you and, and certainly you know made that massive splash and impact?
3: So, it, it's funny. What in the innovation business, you're used to a lot of things never seeing the light of day that's kind of normal because you do a lot of work that doesn't happen. So when you see successes, you feel really good about it. Uh, so a couple of examples, I mean, again, I won't be naming specific clients either, but, uh, we have worked with a couple of multinational companies, you know, even a decade ago who are still using what we put in place and growing and continuing with it. One in particular, uh, during last year in the, our COVID period, was one of those companies that got insanely busy because everybody started doing what they were offering. And, they had a roadmap, which was great. They pivoted, they they got things done and they did a lot of work and we did a lot of work with them. But part of this because they had that foundation. Um, and in the same sense, literally I was uh, with a small company that we started working with about five years ago. and uh, did the basics and this was two people who had come together to create a product without any background and experience. And uh, they now five years later, uh, we're actually not really working with them anymore, but they now have our national national brand. And it's not right. a huge brand yet, but it's not a small brand. And we were literally having the conversation that it's been exactly like said. It's been the roadmap and the building blocks uh, to get them there. So that's where you feel successful. You know, the only other example, we did it for a, a large CPG company. We did, uh, reinvented one of their core products and did about 80 concepts. And we just learned that, that now six have gone to market, which by the way, is a big good. You know, that it's, even six is amazing. And to be in the marketplace and the six that they went with are were also weren't the easiest ones, which is also good too. So that's where you you know, you know see your success. The big thing is just not that, okay, let's do the work and never use it. We designed the work to make it very usable every single day and to evolve. And so that's how we help our clients use it.
0: Again, I'm chatting with Randy Herbertson, the principal of the Visual Brands, who's been working for over 25 years in the marketing and innovation space. And uh, Randy, you didn't mention any uh, companies, but I know on your website, which we'll send our listeners to in just a moment, um, there are a lot of the, as you say, the brands that you love to work with. And you know, I find it interesting, Randy, that it's across many different industries. There's sort of the uh, the beverage and the consumer products. There's services, all sorts of different things. And so what I find uh, I find interesting is the diversity over there. So, Randy. Uh, is there any particular industries that, um, that uh, again, you 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 particularly love to work with or that you, there's no way you'd ever be able to uh, to, to develop a, a brand or a visual brand for them?
3: So uh, part of our absolute premise is we are not category specific. In fact, what we do should work anywhere. It's work in a product or a service. Um, and so that's sort of one of the keys. The truth is, Honestly, we've done some amazing work with companies that may seem like, oh, wow, they're never gonna innovate. We're currently working with a huge uh, company, a new client, uh, that basically works with doctors and dentists. And we thought, okay, that maybe doesn't sound interesting, but they're really doing some breakthrough work. Uh, you know, our work actually in the energy industry is very interesting. And we've and a lot of that, frankly, has been around information design, which is, you know, the classic, an engineer has a great idea, has no idea how to articulate that. Whether it's, you know, to government or to customers or whatever. So, we spend a lot of time there really creating great information design uh, that allows them to communicate what they're trying to accomplish. And that's a success there, too.
0: Well, Randy, we're at the point, sadly, in our conversation where we want to wrap things up and make sure our listeners know where they can get a hold of you and your team and uh, learn more about all of your very, very impressive
3: work. Randy Herbertson, how can people get a hold of you? So our website is thevisualbrand.com, and I am Randy, R-A-N-D-Y, at thevisualbrand.com.
0: Easy enough. And it's an impressive, very visually appealing website. And uh, obviously, I encourage all of our listeners to get on that website. Again, thevisualbrand.com. Lots of information about Randy and uh, the team and uh, some of the, as they say, the brands that they love to work with. Randy Robertson. thanks so much for joining us on the air. We appreciate it and look forward to uh, staying in touch with you. And we are going to squeeze in a very quick break here on Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. Get on my website, shellamkline.com. And be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share all of the podcasts from the past eight plus years. You'll be notified whenever a new uh, whenever a new episode uh, hits the net. And be sure to check out, again, our sponsors, Tom and from from healthplanschicago.com. A quick break here on Get Down to Business. We'll be back with Howie Zales when we return in just a moment. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. We live in an entirely new age. I used to run around from conference to conference, seminar to seminar, but the reality is that in this COVID world, there's content that's being delivered to us, and uh, COVID-19 has forced the world to rethink many human interactions. That's why I've got my friend Howie Zales, um, the president of Veridity Entertainment, um, which is the leading uh, provider of live streaming services, joining us. Howie, welcome to the program.
1: Hey, how are you doing? Good to see you.
0: Absolutely, it's good to have you on. So uh, definitely, I mean, I want to start in the very beginning. I don't want to, I don't want to use the the c word, the COVID word, um, too early on in this conversation. But Howie, what led you into uh, this world of live streaming, and what was the world pre twenty twenty looking like?
1: Sure, I was a camera operator for NBC Sports and the World Wrestling Entertainment. I also had a uh, business on the side. HJZ Productions, where we would hire sports and entertainment crews nationwide for sporting events and entertainment shows, anywhere from camera people to audio people, uh, replay people. And as you can imagine, everything, like every other business, came to a complete shutdown. So I got to thinking, I, I need a pivot, the P word, right? Uh, I got to, how am I going to make money? So uh, being Jewish, I was also talking to the rabbi at the temple that I go to, and I was like, you know, there's no way you're gonna be able to do the high holiday services the way we've done them in the past. So I did a lot of research, talked to a lot of people, and we decided that we were gonna live stream the services. So I did everything possible there, you know, gained all the information, all the knowledge I needed and came to to him with a plan. And um, we started doing the services and I got to think, "There's, there's gotta be a way to monetize this and uh no sooner than I had that thought did a client call and say they needed to do nine interviews of nine separate major league baseball players in nine different cities, but the interviewer could not leave her home. I was like, bing,
0: Yeah, time to monetize. There you go. And Verity Entertainment Services is born. And, you know, Howie, what you just mentioned is is so common. I'm dealing with it with with synagogues right now. Certainly the high holiday season is back upon us yet again another year. Um, But it's way beyond, as you just said, just uh, churches and synagogues. Um, You and your team, you've got 20 high-end gaming laptops, 5 cameras, all sorts of great equipment um, mm-hmm. with 20-plus uh, years of experience to make it easy so people can focus and do what they do best, whether it's running services or being a subject matter expert, and provide that, uh, that, that, that efficient and uh, fantastic experience to everybody. So uh, now, Verity Entertainment, uh, you now have many very impressive names of clients. So let's talk a little bit about that, about some of the successes over the past year, year and a half. Um, you just mentioned your synagogue. Yeah. I believe uh, maybe at Temple Beth Shalom. Is that correct? Yep, Temple yep. Beth yeah. Shalom. And, That's right. Um, so, so, tell us some more about some of those successes and some of those uh, sort of out of the box things that you've been able to build for your clients. Yeah,
1: we've, uh, like I said, we've done uh, interviews, um, medical interviews. Um, we we did um, for T-Mobile. We did a show last year where we did handed out the award for the home run derby winner for little league baseball and little league softball we had 10 one night we did a show with 10 boys for baseball with a major league baseball player and uh, we went through all the home runs each person's video of their home runs and the time limit that they had to do it in and then the player at the end of the show handed out the award and we did that for baseball and softball we've done cooking shows concerts dj dj events uh you name it we've kind of live streamed it And uh, this year year we've gotten into, uh, creating the experiences. We have our own content delivery network where we can create like an an experience. So for the temple at the beginning of the services, before the services start, we have a, uh, a whole chat function to the experience where people get to chat with each other from wherever they are. Uh, then we take them into the service with the live stream. And then there's a prayer book underneath they could follow along the actual prayer book that the rabbi and Cantor are using. And, uh, so we, we, we're into creating experiences now to go along with just the live stream
0: that's awesome and and I mean the there's no question that things aren't slowing down I believe it was mashable that said that the live streaming boom isn't slowing down anytime and then all over online you know certainly this is something that is very much a part of our future um, cool. and there's no reason that uh, that businesses organizations should try to do things on their own so again I'm chatting with howie Zales uh, president of Ver entertainment services offering network standard broadcasts and recordings sleek virtual meetings conferences all with the ability to remotely deliver content from anywhere in the world with a highly experienced, cost-effective group of professionals. So, Howie, what is the five-year plan for Verity Entertainment? Where do you see things going, hopefully, when we get out of this Delta variant and whatever comes next?
1: So, we're kind of going into uh, hybrid events right now. So, we're providing live stream services and production services for people that are going to conferences in person, and then we're live streaming at- the event for the peop- people that are not going in person. So I think that's here to stay and that industry is only gonna grow because um, people are more productive if they stay home and we can still offer through, net- through rooms and chat rooms, the same experience that they would get as if they were there. We do a lot of corporate meetings, and I think that that is only going to continue to grow. And now we're getting into doing sporting events. Uh, We just formed a partnership uh, with another company to do track and field events. So the, the smaller track and field events, which would normally not have the money to get televised, we can live stream it for a third of the cost because most of our crew stays home. They're all remote. So we're offering those types of services. And I think that industry is only going to grow.
0: So, Many of our listeners, um, Howie, are uh, entrepreneurs, small business owners uh, in Chicago and around the world. um, And they're listening and probably nodding their head uh, vigorously saying, yeah, these are all of the same challenges that we have faced as well. So what's that one bit of advice that you have for a small business owner um, that also has the same challenges? They might not have the same budget as a T-Mobile or as a uh, sports network.
1: Yeah, you know, and they might not have the extra expertise on how to do that so you know we deal with big clients that have a lot a lot of money and smaller clients that don't so you know the first thing i recommend is hire a company that has experience in dealing with the technology on how to create a show on and a production so you get the sleek feel of a broadcast quality live stream that you know knows how to operate and do this sort of thing that would be the first thing I would suggest. And, um, you know, we offer those types of services with uh, a lot of equipment. And, uh, that to me, that is like the first thing is find a company that can help you get your message, get, deliver your content out and get it out there.
0: And and it sounds like, and you provide the examples of uh, again from uh, from the temple uh, of the interactivity that can take place. Um, is that the uh, is that the most wild and extreme example that you've seen of being able to sort of mimic the uh, the in synagogue chatter that takes place, or have you uh, have you been able to? Are there any other experiences that you want to highlight for our listeners?
1: Yeah, no, that is that that is you know we just started with this, so this is our first our first, uh, interactivity with that, but, uh, it's only going to grow. It's, uh, and it's only going to continue to take over the marketplace. And so what our plans are for, you know, the next five years is basically, we want to create TV networks for companies, for people, for influencers, because if you're an influencer on social media, you don't own your, Contacts The social platform owns them if the algorithm changes you those people might not be seeing your content, so we have the ability to start your own network, so you can get your content out to people directly kind of bypass the social media platforms.
0: That's wild. So again, uh, I've been chatting with Howie Zales from Verity Entertainment Services. Howie, you've shared a lot of great advice, certainly a lot of uh, fascinating uh, innovation that's taking place in the live streaming world. And I know our listeners will want to get a hold of you. So how can they contact you to uh, set up that consultation or just simply to connect and learn more?
1: Yeah, sure. Uh, VaridityEntertainment.com. That's V-I-R-I-D-I-T-Y Entertainment.com. We have a special running now, 10% off your first production with us for all new clients. Uh, I'm on social media, Instagram at Howie Zales, LinkedIn at Howard Zales, and that's it.
0: Okay. Fantastic. Well, again, Howie Zales, thank you so much for uh, for joining us on the program. And I can't wait to follow up with you to see how uh, how this uh, live streaming and your team at Vertity Entertainment Services, I know, will continue to be at the uh, cutting edge of, uh, of everything that's taking place. So looking forward to continuing our conversations in the future. We are going to sque- squeeze it. in the headlines. Uh, quick break here on Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. And uh, be sure to get on your favorite podcast app, click subscribe. Subscribe. and uh, did you know I have another podcast called we all serve where we interview military leaders talking about their experience and uh, leadership lessons from their time in uniform so be sure to be sure to check that out as well on your favorite podcast app and get on my website ShalomCline.com, so you can learn about all of our guests from the past eight plus years of shows all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship don't touch that dial we'll be right back more content information right after this quick break Welcome back to Get Down to Business, this show all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. So, to say that the business world has been turned upside down over the past uh, year and a half would be an understatement with the onset of COVID-19. There certainly was a uh, very swift uh, downturn in the global economy with unemployment at one point surging to 21.3 million. And uh, at some point... One fifth of U.S. homeowners um, felt less secure about their job uh, situation. Certainly, we're seeing a massive, massive improvement, um, but uh, it is a uh, it is a market. We're uh, for for the talent that's out there. Many many folks are looking for uh, for a reset, for new opportunities, and uh, definitely uh, there is an opportunity for HR departments to uh, play a role in a key role in building an innovative and proactive culture to help businesses respond to COVID nineteen and move forward. Hiring teams in particular uh, have to uh, adopt a more resilient and collaborative approach to talent acquisition um, to reinforce their organization's brand and bring top talent in. So I want to talk about some of the the tips that I've been hearing from HR leaders in setting up a new talent acquisition strategy and ensuring that their company's hiring succeeds. The first is identify your new hiring goals. The impact of the pandemic also reflects in the need for new skills. Many businesses had to turn their business digital, as you've been hearing um, over the course of Get Down to Business, creating the need to fill new types of roles that didn't exist in their organization, which requires a new skill set. As such that ideal candidate from before may not suit the business needs anymore. It's crucial to identify the new roles that the organization needs to fill, the skills required to succeed in those roles, the ideal candidate profile, considering that possible change in the company culture as well. Second thing that I'd say is review your recruitment process. Running an audit to recruitment will help change and fine tune that hiring procedure, making sure that they're well aligned with the organization's new recruitment goals. Evaluate everything from how easily it is to apply for a role at your company to how candidates are being screened and assessed. Check the need to update communication protocols, improve the selection process to make sure you are getting the best possible candidates for your company and you're hiring the right talent. And the third thing that I'd say is improving your job diffusion. Yes, that's right, diffusion. Recruitment marketing is key to attract the right talent. Make sure you're using a talent acquisition tool that allows you to easily create and run efficient campaigns reaching and engaging with, with the ideal candidates through your most effective sourcing channels. There's a lot of different tools that are out there. Many folks that I know have really been raving about LinkedIn jobs. It's a little bit more expensive than like Indeed and, and, and Glassdoor and, and some of these other tools that are out there. But you're also going to get the, uh, the quality. Uh, yo you pay. And uh, the fourth thing that I'd say is boosting the candidate experience. Unfortunately, some organizations still don't give candidate experience the importance it deserves. However, these days, providing a seamless experience and creating meaningful connections with candidates become even more decisive to get the best talent to work for an organization. Now, more than ever. Companies have to deliver a clear and strong message to candidates so that they trust them as a future employer. This requires fine-tuning the current recruitment process, which gives recruiters the opportunity to develop a more thoughtful, engaging, empathetic, and transparent process, which will remain valuable even after the pandemic crisis. And leverage technology in the interview process. There are many ways in which technology can improve the interview process. The first thing that comes to mind is that online video interview. We were just talking about live streaming earlier, which allows... Allows the recruitment process to move on even if recruiters and candidates cannot meet face to face. It's a very useful, kind of interviewing technology, there's no doubt, but there's more. A talent acquisition suite can offer recruiters additional tools that improve the interview process, such as interview scorecards, which allow and enable you to, to conduct structured interviews and evaluate all the candidates with the exact same criteria and one-way video interviews, which give the recruiters the chance to see the candidates before meeting them and assess base, basic skills and company fit, making it a great screening tools. Keep in mind, you could also record interviews these days, which uh, might give the boss an opportunity to meet somebody uh, that they might not have time to actually participate in a live format. And finally, finally uh, tip number six is using predictive assessments. Predictive Pre-hire assessments allow companies to be more strategic and run a more efficient selection process, moving from the traditional experience-based assessment to the selection of candidates with the right attitude and potential. Soft skills are in high demand, and recruiters need AI-based assessment technology that uses algorithms to predict desirable traits and future performance, allowing them to discover the candidate's true potential and identify the perfect fit for a given role. All of these things will help you stand out from your competitors. To attract the talent that you need. And again, you need to stand out. You need to succeed in recruiting if you want to uh, thrive in business. You, you might have the best services or products, but unless you have the people to run your organization, you will struggle. So recruiting is probably the number one thing that I'm hearing from companies out and about throughout the country that they're struggling with in this post-pandemic or whatever stage of the pandemic world that we're in. Um, and again, and moving forward, no question, uh, we need to adapt because many things that were true in 2019 are no longer true now as we are rapidly approaching the end of 2021. I'm going to post all of these tips on my website at shalomkline.com. Uh, check it out and let me know what you think. Get in touch with me. You can contact me through my website or, of course, follow me on Twitter at shalomkline. So coming up after the break, I'm excited to, uh, to talk with a leader uh, in leadership. We're going to be chatting with Joel Schwartzberg on the language of leadership. Uh, he's worked with clients like American Express, Comedy Central, and many others. You're listening to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We will be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business, the show all about small business jobs and entrepreneurship. We were just talking about... Uh, recruitment techniques. And did you know that 93% of U.S. workers are going to say that this leadership skill that we're going to talk about keeps them on the job? Um, I am thrilled to be joined by Joel Schwartzberg, a leadership communications coach whose clients, as I've been saying, uh, include American Express, Blue, Blue Cross Blue Shields, State Farm Insurance, and Comedy Central. He's the strategic uh, Senior Director of Strategic and Executive Communications for a major national nonprofit and has held senior leader... Uh, Communication and Editorial Positions, and he's the author of a book, The Language of Leadership, How to Engage and Inspire Your Team. So Joel, welcome to the program. What is it that uh, 93% of U.S. workers are saying that's uh, keeping them on the job?
2: Hi, thank you, Shalom, and it's uh, so great to be here. I really appreciate it. Um, you know, what's keeping people on the job is the way that leadership communicates to them. Uh, there was a Brunswick Group study that said that they actually polled people and they said that leadership that communicates directly and transparently is what keeps them on the job. And just so you know, that's number three. What what was uh, ahead of that? Pay and the ability to move up in the ladder. So this ability for leaders to inspire and engage is critical, but the problem is a lot of leaders think that they know how to do it, they were born with it, or the fact that they feel like they have expertise or knowledge in the subject imbues them with the ability to do that and that's just not true communication is its own mechanism and needs to be treated uh, with respect and with an understanding of the tools and how to use them
0: absolutely and that's the uh, topic of your new book the language of leadership how to engage and inspire your team but you also wrote a book called get to the point sharpen your right. message and make your words matter um, which i can uh, i can relate to here on a very Quick segments on the radio, so that it's the most powerful tool that you have as a leader to inform, engage, and inspire. Uh, that's 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 your voice. So right. I find it fascinating, and I know Joel. I don't want to share all the secrets, but in your book, you mm-hmm. talk about three simple words that quickly reveal if you're getting the point across. What are those
2: three words? Those three words are "I believe that." Uh, my way of getting people to understand what a point is and what a point is not is to put those three words in front of what you think your point is, like a sentence. So, for example, let's take podcasting. Uh, If you said, I believe that podcasting, you're not making a complete sentence. Only when you do make a complete sentence, something that would impress your fourth grade language arts teacher, uh, are you actually on your way to making a point. So, in that podcasting example, you can't say, I believe that podcasting, or even I believe that the importance of podcasting. But I believe that podcasting is an effective way to reach our millennial audience. That's a complete sentence. Now you're on your way to making a point, not just sharing a topic, a theme, a category, a catchphrase, but making a true argument. And that's what a point is.
0: Absolutely. And I spend a lot of time studying uh, the DISC language, and it's always fascinating to see the folks that thrive off information. But you say that leaders, it's a specific category of people. Leaders need to focus their expressions on inspiration. Tell us more. Right.
2: Well, a lot of leaders I meet and a lot of clients I have think that information inspires. And mere information does not inspire. Only proposals and points and suggestions do. So when we see someone saying, here's the history of our project, and here's how many people are involved, here's our financial investment, here's the revenue we expect, here's how many facilities we're going to build, that's a book report. That's a Wikipedia page. Uh, That's not a point. That's something you would expect from a subject matter expert. But if a leader wants to inspire, they need to say, what is the relevance of this? How will this take us from point A to point B? How will we achieve success as a result of what we learned from all that knowledge?
0: Absolutely. And again, I'm chatting with Joel Schwartzberg, who speaks the language of leadership. So, Joel, I want to take a step back for a moment. Uh, I've shared a little bit of your bio, but how did you get into this work? How did you become so passionate, as I hear in your voice, on the language of leadership?
2: Uh, the first stage was I was involved in competitive speech and debate, what they call forensics, from middle school all the way through my senior year in college. So I learned a few things there, and I applied them as I became a, what's called a you know a public speaking coach. When people think of public speaking, they think of someone on stage speaking to a hundred or a thousand people. What I learned by working with clients was that they could do great things in public speaking. They could speak with clarity and articulation and volume and do great gestures and plant their feet, but they didn't know their point. So I shifted everything into this one concept because Shalom, if you don't know your point, you're rendered pointless. And it doesn't matter how experienced or if you're a CEO or an intern, if you don't have a point, that's what leads to epic fail, including rambling.
0: Absolutely. And many of our listeners, uh, Joel, are entrepreneurs and, mm-hmm. uh, you know, they're, they're, they're trying to build their business rapidly and, you know, they can't afford to make any mistakes. So what's that one message that you want to, to sort of assign as a homework um, for, for all of the entrepreneurs tuning in? What can they put in practice in the week
2: ahead? I would say because communication is so important, ask yourself this one question. What do I want my audience, whether that's vendors, clients, colleagues, what one idea, one idea do I want them to take away from my communication? This changes the focus from what I want to say to what they need and want to hear. And once they answer that question, work backwards. So then you know what to communicate to get to that impact that you ultimately need.
0: Fascinating. And uh, we're going to squeeze in a break in a moment. Um, and I want to talk a little bit more about uh, improving effectiveness of meetings. But real quick, before we go to break, what is the dumbest thing that you've heard people do to uh, sort of mess things up? Uh, it's basically, I want to make sure our, our, our listeners, our entrepreneurs do not do this. What's that What's that one horror story that you've heard?
2: Uh, I'll pick a specific one. Be funny. <laughs> Everyone thinks they can learn humor if I tell a joke. But more important than be funny is be authentic. If you're not being yourself, you're not being true to your audience. If you're not funny, don't be funny. But I'll tell you what, a great personal story will have more impact and be more memorable than a fantastic joke.
0: I'm chatting with the author of the new book, The Language of Leadership, How to Engage and Inspire Your your Team. Joel Schwartzberg will join us again after this break to talk more about leadership communications. And specifically, we'll be talking about how to improve your effectiveness of meetings through communication. You're listening to Get Down to Business. A quick break. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Get Down to Business. So I'm going to do it. I'm going to say the Z word. I'm going to talk about Zoom, and uh, you know, bottom line in this uh, in this era, uh, Zoom meetings, lots of video meetings, whatever platform you're using is the norm. So Joel Schwartzberg, welcome back, and uh, I want to want to talk about that. I want to talk about the uh, the the communication tools and, and what you see work and how our listeners can uh, can become better in this virtual meeting world.
2: Right, so there's this thing called zoom fatigue and we sometimes blow it off because we want to attach an ism to everything but in this case uh imagine yourself in an elevator and having a meeting in an elevator you would never do it because we're too close to the people we're talking to it's almost claustrophobic well that's what a zoom meeting is like we're we're seeing close-up uh, images of our colleagues and our bosses and our dark reports faces and things like that in addition to being at home and having your mind at work they create this sort of fatigue so There are ways to overcome it. You want to dress the part if you can. Uh, You want to be present. So clear out all the distractions around you, including your own email, and understand that anything in that Zoom environment that is not supporting your point is stealing from your point. So consider your background, consider your pets, your children, anything that might get in the way of successful communication. And finally, uh, uh, really um, a tip here that I hope people take, head and shoulders. That's what you want to dominate the screen. Your head and your shoulders, anything less than that or too close than that is really getting in the way of your point.
0: Oh, wow. Absolutely. And so the reality is that hopefully people are coming back to some hybrid form of, of meetings. Uh, and we just talked about those virtual meetings. But uh, definitely communication uh, is imparted, and, and leaders really make uh, and control the room in, in meetings. So I know, uh, Joel, you talk a lot about this in your book. Um, what, what advice can you share about uh, the role that leaders play in the effectiveness of meetings?
2: Probably number one, and the thing you won't find necessarily by Googling is that leaders need to come to the meeting with points, not just topics. Sometimes we think have agenda, have meeting, uh, but the agenda is a list of topics, not points. And though everyone's coming to the meeting to create dialogue, leaders need to be coming with questions or ideas. So not just fourth quarter uh, innovation, which might be a bullet on the agenda, but um, three ideas or three vendors we're considering to stimulate our engagement on online platforms in the fourth quarter. You see how the second one puts a specific idea out there and will generate more conversation and better feedback versus a topic, even if it just says fourth quarter, uh, where everyone's kind of spitballing and brainstorming. And that's the role of the leader. When I say leader, I don't just mean the CEO in the room. I mean, whoever's running that meeting, that person is a leader.
0: Absolutely. Again, the author of the book, The Language of Leadership, How to Engage and Inspire Your Team, as well as uh, the book, Get to to the Point, Sharpen Your Message, and Make Your Words Matter, which uh, Seth Godin called a manifesto for giving talks that make a difference. So uh, we've talked about a lot, Joel. How can people get a hold of you and uh, and pick up a copy of the book?
2: Sure. I like to consider my work open code, uh, which means that I like to share it as much as possible. And I share it through Twitter at The Joel Truth. And the one place you can get all of that stuff consolidated, my articles are right for Harvard Business Review, a Fast company, and my podcasts is at www.joelschwartzberg.net. If you go there, you can contact me. You can find the books, get everything you need to know to be armed with the right information to make a good decision.
0: And I'll tell you, there is a lot of great information that's out there. So be sure just to Google Joel Schwartzberg and you'll see all the social networks that will pop up. But certainly make sure you pick up a copy of the book um, because we've only touched the surface. But there's a lot of great advice out there. Thank you so much, Joel, for coming on. And I look forward to bringing you back on real soon. And you can always get on my website, ShalomKlein.com. That's where I link to all of our guests. And you can download podcasts from the past eight plus years of shows. Be sure to subscribe, rate, review, and share. Not only to get down to business podcasts, but also we all serve where or interview military leaders about their lessons in uniform. And finally, be sure to check out our sponsors, Tom Maribali from HealthPlanChicago.com for all of your health insurance needs. Uh, that's a wrap for us here on the show, all about small business, jobs, and entrepreneurship. We'll talk to you next Sunday again, 6 p.m. right here on AM560, The Answer. Success. Let's get down to business.